You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. It's time for the Buff Show. One hundred year. Look, here's the lives. It's just. It's. I mean, you think about it. And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the Buff Show. Deeply held by. Uh, by President, stop moving that, 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 that uh, you know, what's this thing called? That's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here. Let's go end it. Joe Brandon, I agree. And here's your host, Matt Buff. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you. Make sure you check out MyPillow.com and save up to 66% off with promo code BUFF and get a better night's sleep so you don't wake up woke. And you know who's not woke? It's Moms for Liberty. And we've got a different kind of intro intro for you today for Moms for Liberty because we have an award winner on the show and we got to get into that. Amber is our fearless leader. What we love about Amber is she's behind the scenes working for us all, doesn't take any glory, and she deserves this recognition. From petitioning to driving to campaigning to doing anything she possibly could until she was so tired that she would just collapse at the end of the night, our friend Amber Infacino was our Penelope Barker. There's no doubt in our minds that if Penelope Barker were alive today, she would see Amber as an equal, as maybe even a twin, and we couldn't agree with her more. All right, very good stuff right there. It's got to make her feel pretty good. Let's go up to Kenosha, Wisconsin. Hmm, I've heard of Kenosha. Hmm, what's that about? <laughs> Amber Infusino is on the Buff Show. Great to have you, Amber. Thanks for having me, Matt. Oh, sounds good. We just got done with Turning Point uh, Student Action Summit, and we interviewed Drew Hernandez, who was up there, and he was the guy who got the footage for Kyle Rittenhouse to get him exonerated. So I'm glad your town is on the mend. and hopefully Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Tell us about that real quick. How's it been progressing? Uh, we still have a little bit of divide going on. Uh, still have some businesses that are still boarded up. Uh, that uneasy feeling for myself, still hasn't gone away. I still feel that the summer of love can continue this summer. It's already got that vibe with things that are going around. Uh, but we're slowly getting better. It was uh, the most eerie thing to live through that I've ever experienced in my life with curfews, news crews, shootings. It's, it's just been a real wake-up call for our area. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people don't understand that Kenosha, Wisconsin was a peaceful town. Yes. And, Very. Uh, and when Antifa came through and destroyed the uptown area, local businesses had, were forced to shut down, close early. Kids, schools were closed down from time to time. It, it's nothing that you would want to see for any community. No, absolutely not. I just couldn't imagine living through that and what your family went through. Did you guys have to just kind of hunker down a little bit? Uh, we hunkered down and we're big Second Amendment supporters. So we made sure that our property was taken care of. We own a family business. So we made sure that was taken care of. We have grown children uh, who don't live with us. So we had to make sure that they were vigilant on what was going around their house. I mean, literally every night, 
the police scanner was on and we were just listening to break-ins at the dollar store, drilling holes through walls and burning down garbage trucks and trying to destroy museums and just destroying things that our, our entire community has worked so hard for. And again, 8 p.m. curfew. So that was eerie, having to shut up our business and make sure you had everything done to be home by 8 p.m. to abide by the law, which our local rioters were the ones who did not abide by the law. Well, the curfews and all that stuff just applied to the citizens, not to the lawbreakers. I mean, that's how the Democratic Party rolls, Amber. I'm sure that's why you got involved in Moms for Liberty, because we are tired of seeing one group of people in America above the law and what they're trying to do our, to our kids that aren't even their kids. Enough was enough, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're treating our children like they're their children. And that's not an option. They are no. not part of any arrangement that I signed up for when I became a mother. And I will say mother because I am a mother. They can't take that away from me as well. You're not a birthing person? I'll never be a birthing person. I'll never submit to birthing person talk. Only moms can have children give birth. It's a, That is one of the glorious things that only we get to do. You so don't get to have it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Why would, why would somebody want to have that responsibility? Because that's special for moms. And it's absolutely, a very, yeah, it's a very big deal. It's a miracle. And people trying to infuse on that and change definitions and things like that. Not, not acceptable. No, I won't participate no in any of that. I will fight that, that it, I will fight that every morning I wake up. And Amber, I'm sure you can define what a woman is too. <laughs> yes. Yes. I actually just watched the Matt Walsh documentary documentary uh, the other day. And as odd as it was, I did a lot of laughing through that. I mean, oh. it was comical. <laughs> I have to agree with you. We laughed. It was so sad, but we laughed our way through that too. I and was I prepared for it to be dark. And, and I, 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 my husband looked at me. He couldn't believe that he just heard me laughing. I, I was like, yeah, it, it was a great one. Every, it's a must watch for everyone. Anyone, yeah, especially who's questioning what a woman is. Yes, indeed. Everybody can go to Roku TV and uh, check out the Patriot Podcast Network. We got it streaming there. What is a woman by Matt Walsh? You can check it out right there. But it was funny. Uh, he asked his wife what a woman is, and she goes, an adult female, and can you open this jar of pickles? <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs> That's exactly right. Like, what a stupid question. It is. I never so, thought in a million years we'd have to re-educate America on the differences between a man and a woman. Yeah, that I never, I would have never guessed that even five years ago, 10 years ago. I just, it's just unbelievable how fast this shift has happened. In the package we played at the beginning for your intro, a lot of moms said some very cool things about you. Um, you have a really great organization with Moms for Liberty and you've been uh, just a leader for a lot of these moms. What did you, what did it feel like getting that award? That was a pretty, monumentous night for me. Uh, I'm not someone who normally is used to being the center of attention. I am a go-getter, but I generally stay in the in the back, back way and kind of motivate others to get up there. Uh, so just hearing my girls talk about me, and these are girls that at this time last year, I didn't even know. My entire board, we didn't even meet until 
the beginning of August. So that for me is monumentous knowing what they think of me in such a short amount of time. Yeah, that is, that is pretty remarkable. And you're doing great work. Talk about the Kenosha school boards. I mean, despite everything else that we discussed, are they still looking at mass mandates? Are they still trying to impose gender ideology on kids? I mean, how's the fight going there in Wisconsin? Oh, the fight is there. Uh, COVID restrictions were, that's what kind of catapulted me into starting uh, the local chapter. We just had our first board meeting last night, actually the last board meeting before school starts in session. And COVID protocols are standing on the agenda. So every board meeting, they will address it and deem what is going to be appropriate for us. Uh, we're very vocal. It's been quite a busy year with the school boards, many news stations, many news articles written about us um, just for attending a school board. I never thought in a million years that being part of a productive school would be such a, a backlash thing for anybody. It, we want parent participation. Uh, the school boards weren't very happy to see us at each meeting, but we packed the room. We looked at agendas. We motivated our members to show up at the meetings. Uh, we wanted to make sure that they knew that we aren't this band of traveling anti-mask bombs that they put on us. We have many things that we want to participate in with the school board. We should work with the school board to make sure that our children have academic excellence. It's very basic. It shouldn't be arguments. We shouldn't be tossed out of meetings. Uh, articles, false articles written about us, slandering. We know our truth. We're moms. We're involved in what happens with our children. I have two adult children and a, now a senior, and then three grandchildren and one on the way. I'm not gonna sit by and watch any of this that's happening idly. The gender affirmations, the CRT, the inappropriate curriculum. As a parent, I know I have rights. They're inherent. They're given to me by my creator, and the school board does not assign them or take them away from me. Those are my rights, and I will make sure that I'll stand up and I'll motivate others to do the same thing. Yeah, academic excellence, um, when it comes to academic truth, isn't something the left is interested in. They want no. indoctrination of a false philosophy of American history, and we want you to think like we do, or we're going to hate you, or we're going to sick the DOJ on you. I that's mean, how, inclusive. <laughs> yeah, and that's inclusive, as long as you agree with us. Kamala mm -hmm. Harris uh, mentioned her yeah. pronouns. Um, that yeah. doesn't help coming from the top. That doesn't help buying into this nonsense. Pronouns used to be something normal in school. Now pronouns make me go, ugh, I hate the Absolutely. word. Absolutely. I'm not participating in that. That is, you want to call yourself whatever you want. I'm going to call you by your name. That's what I was taught to be appropriate. I'm not going to identify as whatever you identify. If you're a grown adult, you do you. Don't come after our children. Don't try teaching our children that they can be a boy, they can be a girl. You can't. It's very basic. And, and again, it's another conversation where I'm shaking my head that we're even having these conversations. And I am actually personally working with that uh, in my own family. So it, in the past year, I've been fighting for other people's children, that people that I didn't even know, school districts that we weren't even a part of, but we had members in that district. Well, now it's hitting home and it's, in my, it's, it's hit my family. So now I'm even more motivated 
to stop the madness. Well, who thought gender dysphoria would become a, uh, a trendy fad? I mean, that is a very dangerous fad. And you see stories all the time of people with regret, suicides, depression. They're promoting a fad that actually hurts people in the long run. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the kids, when they hear hear you even talking about pronouns, most, most of them are just, again, rolling their eyes the same way. Like, what is happening? It's true. What we does, need to um, teach them that normal, that puberty is normal. We all go through it. Nobody's raving about it. I don't have one friend in my circle that says, oh, I had the greatest time ever. It was just a breeze. Loved every minute of it. It wasn't. It was horrible for me. It, I, I just, it's horrible for all of us. And I just, we're going to get, we all get through it. We all get through it. Well, I tell you what, it's just, it's just madness and we have to keep fighting. And, and I know you got some things going on in your family and um, it just, it just hits us all at one point or another. Something else that hits us all too is fentanyl and drugs. And oh, yes. we're just seem like we're just not focused on the right things because we're setting records in drug use in our youth and community. And it's because of other policies, like the lockdown policies, that did nothing but horrible damage to our kids. And that uh, precipitated a huge abuse of drugs in this country. Well, when your Biden administration wants to give you all the supplies to make sure you can do your drugs in a, in a nice, safe, comfy, cozy place, what's wrong with that picture? Yeah, one of the I many wonderful accomplishments of the Biden regime. Yeah, one of the one of the many. <laughs> We're about to go back to school. Also, the election is coming up. When's your primary and how's the school board shaping up as far as your candidates go? Well, our candidates already took their places at the table. We uh, had our, our election was in April okay. and out of, out of the three seats, we took two. That's great. Yes. And we're coming. Um, and after what in April, our school board president is up for uh, her seat is up and we're coming for that seat just the same. Go good. That's good. So three for three coming and you got a good coalition of moms and dads behind you. Absolutely. And my vice chair, Miss Amanda, has taken her seat on our county board. And now we're getting her seat at the table in Madison. So she will be the next one. Like I say, God willing, in April once or August, once we get through the primary, she'll have that seat uh, ready for her in November. How fast did you, your chapter grow in the last couple of years? Uh, we just started one year ago. Today, actually, the 27th, oh, wow. yesterday wow. was when I actually sent in my contract. So one year I year anniversary. One year anniversary. And that was a big deal for me. I'm a business owner. I am someone who normally can speak to local people on a small level. But when you put me in front of people on the stage, it's not my forte. It's even this interview is something that's outside of my comfort zone. But I feel that. I don't have a choice. If I don't do it, who else is going to step up? So I feel that this is a calling in a sense to me and uh, I'm ready for it. Yeah, that is so great how fast it's grown. I'm glad it's been the one year and I want to tell everybody too, by the way, you're doing a great job on the show, Amber. <laughs> I, want, I appreciate you. And, and I want to tell the uh, people what the pen, uh, Penelope, Penelope Baker Award for mobilizing is, who is Penelope Baker? Penelope Baker 
uh, was from in, in 1774. She was just a quiet person who kept to herself. And she decided to have 50 women over for a tea party. And when these 50 women came over, she had a resolution ready for them, signed to ready for them to sign to boycott uh, the British goods, uh, taxes. And she was saying, no, we're not going to have it. She stepped out of her comfort zone. And by signing the name, that's huge. Uh, we basically were, you think of the Tea Party where they were masquerading up and didn't want their identities. When we sign our name, we're basically saying, this is more important than anything. This supersedes everything. And it's bigger than us. So her getting those 50 people, and it, she was the first uh, political known woman activist. So that's kind of inspiring to me. Again, we did the first uh, Wisconsin chapter for Moms for Liberty. And again, being a business owner, I was concerned at, that they would come after the business, the family, all of that. And again, I just feel that this is too important to, 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 to fret about that. And I'll deal with those consequences when they come. That's right. And that's why it's important. And you guys remember you heard Amber say, that she doesn't, she had no intention of doing interviews like this or getting in the community. She had to, and that's the people. People are being activated because they feel they have to. We got this small window when our with our kids, with your niece, and and we got this small window, and these the leftists are relentless. So are we going to yes. sit back and cower? Are we going to cower like the old Republican guard? Not anymore. We can't do it because we'll lose our kids. Absolutely. This is this is a war worth fighting, and this will be the hill I'll die on. I, I am A-okay with it. I wake up every day. I laugh. Normally, I'm in camouflage because I feel every day we're getting up and we're going to war. And I volunteer with local veterans every Friday, and they tell me I'm basically a soldier just like they were, except for I'm doing it in a different way. I'm not on a battlefield as they are. My battlefield is literally our backyard and our home with our child. And that's kind of inspiring to know that I'm going to make a change. I, I feel that I'm going to make a change. And as a mom, we know that we are the last lines of defense for our child. You come for my child and we're going to have some conversations. Conversations was in quotes for the uh, oh, yeah. audio listeners, basically, because it's just more than a conversation. I want to end this with, uh, since we're in Kenosha, Wisconsin, unlike the Jacob Blake situation where everybody had a knee-jerk reaction based on false information, Moms for Liberty actually does the research. We saw what happened was happening to our kids. We see the curriculum. The research has been done, and now action has been taken about what is happening to our kids. So maybe a lesson to the left, Amber. Why don't you, instead of the have the knee-jerk reactions, why don't they actually look at the facts and the situation before burning down someone else's city? Well, we know they won't because that's not how they work. They, they take on the cases that only work for their advantage. And they won't tell the stories of the other, just as far as even just like the gender ideology. They won't show you the other side. Why? Like, I believe we should we should have all the information so we can make our own information, informative decision. 
And that's the way that I raise my children. And that's the way that I want to promote to other people. Do your own research. But there, there's false information and false narratives everywhere. Um, just do your own research. People think I sit at, you sit at home and you're just watching Fox News and you're only listening to what they have. No, I listen to news, but I, I've taught myself and I've been taught to think for myself and then find solutions. We need to find solutions. I'm not somebody that just wants to complain and Facebook post. That gets you nowhere. You need to actually step up, attend the meetings, read the agendas, pay attention to who's running, sign up to be a poll worker, sign up to be an observer. That's one of the big uh, projects that we did with our group, getting our, mo our members motivated to participate in local elections. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with Wisconsin and what happened, obviously, what we had going on in our state with the last election. The only way we can prevent things like that from happening is participating. So if you don't participate, you can't Facebook post and just complain. You have to overwhelm the vote. That overwhelms oh, yeah. the fraud. They can't commit fraud if you overwhelm the vote because the numbers will make sense. The numbers Absolutely. being so big, you can't do anything about it. That's what happened in, Wis uh, in Virginia. They tried that same stunt in Virginia, but the people, the moms, and we talked to a bunch of them out there, the, the chairs and everyone out there, in Virginia, they overwhelmed the vote. And when the vote numbers are true and so big, you can't fraud that. <laughs> I tell everybody, I said, in Wisconsin, you will be Virginia. If you stand in the way of parental rights, your seat will be the next seat we come after. Yeah, parental rights has got to be a big issue, especially with what happened with your niece and what's happening in your family. Criminal charges should be brought against any school that tries to make such a life altering change in somebody's life without even notifying the parents. I mean, you would think criminal. that would be an option. Uh, sadly, we have the worst governor Evers. So we don't have very much faith until we kick him to the curb in November. And then we get our governor in there that will sign the parental right, rights legislation that that's already ready to roll. We'll have to deal with the schools and the governors and anybody that's an elected official that's buying into this, stopping us from being able to do anything. I, I have someone in my family where the school deemed it appropriate to change her name to Jacob and didn't tell the family. We, he had to find out with a, a choir roster and a yearbook. Her yearbook picture even has it. And he was not notified. No, oh my goodness, because that is a parental issue. They have to deal with that on a family level. Yes. And all that happened. How how shocked was he? Uh, very shocked. He's a great dad. He's been in Wisconsin. It's very hard for a father to get parental uh, majority, having, having that primary custody. He yeah. managed to do that. So that speaks volumes wow. on the case itself. And... The fact that they, sadly, with my niece, she's she was a, a, a sitting target. She comes from parents that aren't together, um, shuffling back and forth from California to Wisconsin, from a judge that deemed her to be going four months here, four months there. So she's looking for that family feeling and that comfy, good feeling. And the teachers want to step in between the parent. And my brother's devastated. Uh He's afraid it's going to go to court. If you if you follow the the way things go, are going, if you are 
not conforming to this, they deem you as a parent that should have your rights taken, taken away. I'm protecting my child and you want to take my rights away. That's unacceptable. And I've heard like, I feel that the fact that I I'm in this moms for Liberty chapter and this monumentous army of parents, I feel that I, I was put here for this reason. It doesn't get any closer when it hits your family. It doesn't get any closer. As I said, I've been fighting for everybody else's children. And it came into my family, not even three weeks ago. I, this is three weeks of this me even new. knowing what's happened. It's so new. So I'm doing open records requests. And uh, we've got her in counseling. Uh, she actually is at my house for the the, the week this week. And I, I, I'm... I want her to show I want to show her how to be a normal kid and that puberty is normal. It sucks for all of us. The feelings that you're feeling are valid, but you can never be a boy. You can never be a boy. I'm going to tell you the truth, it's not possible. And every cell in your body. It's just not possible. And again, I, I want to stress the importance of her. She's going back to school in 3 weeks. Yeah. Changing schools is not an option, and that breaks my heart. And and I'm not, I haven't succumbed to giving up on that yet. I'm still going to do my research to come up with options for her because I'm afraid for her to go back to school. They have a, a club that she's in every, after school on Wednesdays. Well, we know what kind of club it is, and I know why I'm in the situation I'm in, and it starts with the school. What, what What's the club called? Uh, apparently, it's a drama club, but they don't do any drama. Drama club, club used to be fun. Yeah, it used to be. And you actually used to do theater things. I, I, you know, I'm just trying to have ca casual conversations with her about some of the things going in school, but not shut her down with being able to talk to me about what's happening. And again, she, trying to ask her about what plays they do and what we don't do plays. What do you do? Oh, we just do skits. Okay. And what kind of skits? A lot of TikTok skits. Okay. Oh so I'm still going to spend the next few days trying to talk to her about some of the stuff. And red flags are flying up for me. Well, you're a great aunt trying to do the best you can, just like you do for every everyone else. You're trying to do the best you can for her. Who knew that a drama club would cause so much drama? Yeah, exactly. No drama for the mama. Yeah, no more dramas for the mamas. That's right. Very good. Everybody check out momsforliberty.org. Sign up today. If you're in Wisconsin, join Amber. You want to start your own chapter. There's a map on there that tells you where all the chapters are. It's very interactive. Amber, I really appreciate you telling your personal story, but also talking about the big issues that are facing us today. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me on. I greatly appreciate this. And you're yeah. probably my first podcast. Oh, this is the first one? That's it. This is my first. A-plus job. You nailed it. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Very good stuff. We're going to post this video for on the buffshow.com slash moms for liberty. You guys will be able to see this interview and all the past interviews. Amber, God bless you. Have a great weekend. Right back at you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. You as well. We got a country to save. <laughs> we do. Game on. It's time to get to work. It's time to get to work. Absolutely. You guys stay with us. We'll be back on The Buff Show.
Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hours every day of the week and all day Sunday. $1 off drafts and house wines. $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Mondays, it's trivia night. Tomorrow, $7.99 burger and fries. Liam Fitzpatrick's does catering and has a private room for your meetings, luncheons, and parties. Mention The Buff Show and and get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us. We are brought to you by MyPillow. Make sure you get a better night's sleep so you don't woke, wake up woke, that's for sure. Thanks, David Pollock, not just politics for that line. And we uh, have just great deals. Use promo code BUFF to save up to 66%. And we got a new book just hitting right now. Stephen Mosier is back on the Buff Show. Stephen, welcome back. Great to have you. It's good to be here. All right, president of the Population Research Institute and author of the brand new book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. Well timed on this one, Steve, as uh, Biden, uh, you know, the best thing about Biden being quarantined is he can't do any more harm to the country, but uh, it's great to have you back on the show. <laughs> oh, no, he's working eight hours a day, maybe 10 hours a day. Who knows? He's The man's just a whirlwind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And his doctor uh, told us that he finished his meal. So Biden had to make sure he finished his meal like a like a four year old. I mean, when it comes to reading a teleprompter or being told where to go or shaking invisible hands and now being ushered by the Easter Bunny. Now we got to make sure he finishes his food, too. So everything that guy does is checked and checked thoroughly. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we have uh, a president who's been. Double vaxxed and and double boosted, and now has the coronavirus. Um, uh, that may suggest to some people that the vaccine doesn't work as well as we were told. Well, it works as a as a money making machine, certainly because the uh, big farmers made a hundred billion dollars last year and is on track to probably make uh, a good portion of that this year as well. Well, it turns out a lot of Democrats are invested in a Pfizer, Moderna, things like that. So selling. Selling a vaccine is a great thing when it uh, puts money in your pocket. And yes, Pfizer's done 
extremely well. They even run ads saying, hey, you should get vaccinated. Brought to you by the guys that were in charge of the mandated vaccine. Not bad. Not a bad money-making scheme. <laughs> no, it's great. And, and what, what we have now, of course, is the federal government still pouring money into major media. Probably not your show, but giving money to the New York Post and uh, Washington Times and everybody to try to uh, discourage criticism of the vaccine. So a huge advertising effort, not just on the part of the people who make the products, which you would expect, right? But an advertising effort on the part of the U.S. government to encourage continued uptake of the vaccine and the boosters and so forth. Uh, It's not working. I mean, it's money down a rat hole. But it accounts for the fact that with the exception of your show and uh, some courageous people in other on other uh, shows, uh, very few people are talking about the uh, the adverse consequences of the vaccine. Very few people are talking about the fact that it did come from a lab in China and was deliberately released on the world by China. And that lurking in a lab somewhere in China is probably another virus that will be released at the appropriate time. And we have to be ready, Matt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We got monkeypox coming out. The WHO just said, "Uh uh-oh, emergency. That just means money. But with monkeypox, you know, the K is silent. We're we're on to them on this one, Steve. Well, I I think so. And we know uh, where it was originally released uh, or spread. We know the super spreader event occurred in uh, the Mediterranean and uh, I think the island of Mallorca a few months ago at, at a rave and uh, 80,000 people went to the rave and, and apparently they all had unprotected sex and of course spread it around the world. But uh, what, what gets me is that uh, the New York Health Department uh, has now admitted that almost all the cases are among gay men, uh, but that there's, there's no talk of lockdowns, there's no talk of quarantines, there's no talk of uh, masking, social distancing. Uh, they're not gonna lock everybody in their houses Uh, They're not going to uh, lock them out of uh, churches and playgrounds and so forth like they did to the population at large uh, during the the coronavirus. I mean, the the lockdowns were incredibly totalitarian measures. And yet here we have one lonely public health official, I think, in New York City, Dr. Wise, saying, well, maybe we ought to consider a period of uh, temporary abstinence, discouraging uh, people from having sex right now, simply to stop the spread of the monkeypox. And everybody is saying, oh, no, you can't say that. You can't do that. Well, they were willing to lock down everybody in the United States uh, on very little pretext. But, but of course, uh, there are protected classes in the United States. Yeah, absolutely, including the LGBTQ community. That's where that rave was. Uh, that was what that rave was all about. So, yeah, we don't want to offend people. They did the same thing with AIDS. They, they tried to dispel... Um, what you were talking about and who it affected by just blanketing the country with here's your information for everyone, even though there's different ways to stop diseases, but if it hurts your political agenda, you can't say it. <laughs> well, what happened was, you know, in, in the case of China and Fauci and Dr. We, we should mention Dr. Deborah Burks here is that they were looking to China uh, for guidance on how to stop the spread of a disease that China had created in the lab and that China was deliberately using to undermine the economies and uh, well, let, let's, be bl- let's be blunt, to, to kill people in the West. And why, why we, would, we would go to someone who unleashed, unleashed a bioweapon on us and say, now how should we deal with this bioweapon? 
Uh, tell us how to stop the spread of this bioweapon that's killing our people and undermining our economy. I, I can't think of anything more, more uh, foolish to do, and yet that's exactly what we did. China played this so well, Matt, because at the beginning, they hid the pandemic, right? They hid it from the world. And then when people began to, to understand that Wuhan was in the grip of a major, epi serious epidemic, the head of the World Health Organization went to China, Dr. Tedros Cabrisas, and he was told by Xi Jinping, China's dictator for life, everything is under control. Everything is fine. Uh, we've locked down the city of Wuhan. We're going to lock down the province of uh, Hubei, and, and we're going to control this thing. Uh, by the way, he told Tedros, uh, there's no human-to-human uh, -human transmission evidence of that, and the things can't be spread uh, by, uh, by, by air. It's not, it's not airborne. All of those things were lies. It was airborne. There was human-to-human -human transmission. Uh, there was a major epidemic underway in Wuhan. That's true. And China did not control it by means of lockdowns. But Tedros come out, came out and told the world that uh, uh, there's a dangerous pandemic uh, that has been spread. And the way to deal with it is by lockdowns. And Dr. Deborah Burks uh, heard that and said, yes, we need to have lockdowns. And uh, other people uh, like Dr. Tony Fauci uh, went to the Imperial College model uh, in, uh, in February, March of 2020. Uh, which projected millions and millions of American deaths and said, yes, we need lockdown. So those, those people went to President Trump, who after all is a builder. He's not a virologist. He's not a medical doctor. And the, these two brilliant people told him that lockdowns were absolutely necessary because China is doing them and China is successful. Well, China was certainly doing lockdowns, but they weren't successful in controlling the virus. They still have breakouts in China today. And we followed China uh, down the path of, of lockdowns foolishly and crippled our economy. And I believe at the end of the day, locking down elderly people in, in old age homes killed a lot of them. Uh, locking down immune compromised people in their homes uh, was not good for their health. And locking down everybody else was traumatic uh, socially and psychologically. You had rising deaths from drug overdoses, you had uh, people feeling socially isolated, getting depressed. Um, the consequences of this for kids are just uh, devastating. Okay, we lost Stephen Mosier there. We were having some technical issues, but I want everybody to check out his book, Politically Incorrect, Incorrect Guide to the Pandemics, and also his New York Post article, Five Mistakes Dr. Anthony Fauci Made on COVID that spelled disaster, which include number one, contact tracing, two, failing pr to protect the vulnerable, three, closing the schools, four, mistakes on natural immunity, and five, funding Chinese labs. Dr. Anthony Fauci thinks he can retire and go off into the distance or the sunset. We were at Turning Point USA Student Action Summit talking to uh, uh, politicians like Byron Donalds and Marjorie Taylor Greene. This guy's going to be held accountable for what he did. Absolutely. For the first time in history, everybody, healthy people walking around in masks and quarantining, quarantining, qu quarantining healthy people. This was a disaster from day one and we can't let it happen again. It's absolutely ridiculous. I tell you what, these things are just an example of socialist takeover because even when you call, when you come to the, the COVID lockdowns, the pandemic, 
just like Stephen Mosier said, follow the money and you'll follow the reason. People made millions off the vaccines, off the investments, the stock market, Moderna, Pfizer. They made tons of money. Companies like Amazon and Netflix did extremely well by locking people down. So they all sold the message that you need to stay home, stay safe, and stay home. And that just made the problem worse. And good thing it had a 99% recovery. And yes, on that list was natural immunity, which is number four on his list, mistakes on natural immunity. I would add a number six. I would personally add a number six. Hospital protocols, one size does not fit all. People died based on COVID protocols in the hospital. Completely unacceptable. And we can't let that happen in this country ever again. Stay with us on the Matt Buff Show. We will be right back. And don't forget, check out MyPillow.com, enter promo code Buff, get your free gift, and also save up to 66% off. Sleep well. America's going to hell, but we'll be back. As Kurt Kurt Schlichter said, we will be back. And you need a good night's sleep so you can keep the fight. MyPillow.com slash Buff and also promo code Buff up to 66% off and specials on sheets right now. Support Mike Lindell. He's being canceled by everybody. Support the Buff Show. Enter that promo code B-U-F-F and save big. We'll be right back. A boring website can make your company look really bad. (sighs) Poor rankings on Google, Yahoo, and Bing means your company does not exist to thousands of monthly searchers. I'm not even on the front page. Come out of hiding with JJC Marketing Solutions and get found to more and more new customers every day. At JJC Marketing Solutions, they offer state-of-the-art website creation, Google SEO, PPC campaigns, and social media marketing that makes your company stand out. No need to go with those national companies that only care about you on the first call. JJC Marketing is located right here in Sanford, and the goal is to help businesses like yours succeed. Get better results. Call 321-765-7710 or visit them at jjcmarketingsolutions.com. I'm somebody now! JJC Marketing Solutions. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506. Hey, Matt Buff from The Buff Show. I love being in the middle of nowhere with the family. Problem is, I can't get any service out here. I wish there was a better solution. Maybe like a satellite phone or something. Let me head back to the office and check this out. All right, let's check this out. Satellitephonestore.com. 
Oh, look at this. Very cool. Do I need a satellite phone? Well, it says satellite phones provide voice, SMS, and data services anywhere on the earth. And you don't have to rely on cell phone networks. Very cool. Satellite phones work everywhere when you're outside. All right, what's this? Why do I need a satellite terminal? With one of these devices, you can stay in communication without a dedicated satellite phone. Better yet, you can text, call, and depending on the device, use all your favorite smartphone apps too. Hey, what's this bivy stick? The new Bivy Stick is the smallest and simplest to use radium global satellite communications and tracking device in the world. Wow, the smallest and most simple satellite communication device weighs just 100 grams. About half the weight of your cell phone. Look at this, one to three days delivery. Very cool. Call 941-841-0844. I will do that. 941-841-0844. Visit SatellitePhoneStore.com for special offers. Or you can visit SAT1234.com and mention The Buff Show. 941-841-0844. at the Tuning Point Student Action Summit. And so we've been doing lots of interviews. Also with the Matt Buff Show is partnering with us and helping to produce it. So today we have um, a really special guest, especially that since we're with the Student Action Summit, this will be really interesting to talk about. So this is Andy Wells, and he is with a couple different organizations. But first, we're going to talk about No Left Turn in Education. So do tell us about that. Um, no Left Turn in Education was actually the first organization that was specifically for K through 12 schools across the United States. Our goal was to get race-based education, the critical race theory stuff out of schools, sexualization and sexual confusion of kids. We wanted to stop that in the schools because we didn't we don't believe that a lot of it one of it a lot of it shouldn't be there in the first place. And also, when it comes to sexualization and sexual confusion of kids, no, that's supposed to be done at home. So that I am the Missouri State Chapter President of the national organization we have 30 chapters across the united states now you said you were one of the first so what year were you guys started do you know we were actually the first we were started in 2020 we okay. were we were the first one just for k through 12 education k through 12 that, that, that's what we focus in on that's our sole goal because we believe it's so important those early years that formative education needs to be true classical education not all this crazy woke indoctrination stuff right that is being pushed so i now the exciting thing is you do really have a connection with moms for america yes, yes. I do. so you are also on the national board so tell us about that um i was contacted because i did a uh i did a boot camp for school board members that were recently elected in missouri and even though it wasn't approved by my state i was teaching them what they're supposed to do as school board members. And I was contacted by um, the lady, uh, Kelly Knowles, who is the national, she's the founder of the National School Board Leadership Council. She contacted me because she's working with Moms for America out of, out of Columbus, Ohio. She's working with them to start up a alternative to state school boards training. Right. So, because the problem is right now, School boards, they are indoctrinated by their state school board associations. 
kind yeah. of explain the back end of that. If you are a school board member, you're usually a part of the National School Board Association. And the National School Board Association made a statement that um, domestic terrorists, for parents who are coming in, um, okay. being... Yeah, you, compl- feel- you complain you're a domestic terrorist, you need to be investigated... And the problem is a lot of these state school boards, they bought into this national school board narrative, and we want to give an alternative that, no, school boards were meant, K-12 through education in this country was originally meant to be done by local control. It was. And so this national school board kind of controls all of them, so we want an alternative to it. So yes. Kelly Knowles is, a, is actually on our board of, for Moms for America, the national board of directors, and she's been that's really been part of their heart and their goal is to have this alternative. It really trains school board members how to be able to stand up and say sometimes they feel like their hands are tied or, or different things. It really helps our school board members be able to step up and support the parents so, parents so that we can work together. It's really important to have people on the school board, but it's really important to train the people on the school board how to be effective. Well, and that's the problem is a lot of states, they come in, okay, you do the effort and you get somebody who believes in classical education of the students. They don't want the crazy gender ideology. They don't want the gender confusion. They don't want this CRT race-based education. They want to do the right things for the kids. And they run on that, but then when they go through their training with the states, the states tell them, oh, no, no, no. You abdicate everything to the superintendent. You do what the administration tells you. You do what we tell you as the state school board association. Shut up and toe the line and we'll help you get reelected. So it's really indoctrination on every side. So a school board member, kind of like a lot of our politicians, get in there. They're being pressured by liberal um, not just from the, the liberal media, but also from their liberal school board, their associations, the, jo- the things they have to go-, go to. Kind of like teachers. Teachers get the same thing. So we have a National Teachers Association that also gets in there and does it different well, things. And that's the same thing. And people got to realize that a lot of these state school board associations are... They're not directly financially tied to the American Federation of Teachers or the NEA, but they are all like-minded. They work together because they have the same agenda. They believe in this crazy alt-left agenda for schools, and we are trying to say, okay, school board members, this is what your state... That's why National School Board Leadership Council is going to be run very different. They make contracts with states in the state-by-state school board leadership councils, like the Ohio School Board Leadership Council or the soon-to-be, hopefully approved, Missouri School Board Leadership Council. They are the ones that actually, their instructors teach them what the state laws are, what the state regulations are, what what the legal aspects that the school board members are required to do, and also what they're not required to do and when they're not required to listen to these alt-left people right. pushing this narrative. So here's the exciting part of it. We have, now you can, now we are able to be able to train them so that they know the laws. A lot of times these the people will run for school board. So if you're out there and you're thinking about running for school board, then you can go ahead on in and uh, be able to get the training you need from that. So here we go. We are getting ready to wrap up here. Can you just give us, so if we're talking Moms for America, the Buff Show, 
can you give us one would be your tidbit to tell moms across America? So we've got our we've got um, your two associations you're with. Let moms, us know, moms. Moms, you have to get involved. I'm sorry. I know your lives are busy. I know you might be working a job, and you're trying to take care of the kids. You're trying to take care of the house. But listen, if you are not taking care of your kids' education, if you're not making sure that your child is educated to become a productive member of society to help move our nation forward, moms, you're failing at your job. I'm sorry to tell you, but you got to step up. You got to fight. You got to fight for your kids, your family. And your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, even if you don't have kids in your school district, you know what? You're still paying taxes. You need to stand up and fight for those kids in that school to get a good quality classical education away from all this alt-left indoctrination. There you go. And so I think that about sums it up. Make sure you get involved. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having us. And we're really excited. If you want more information about your organizations, tell us where no to go. NoLeftTurningEducation.us is our national uh, er, is our national page uh, webpage, and you can also find us on No Left Turning Education on Facebook, on Twitter. We also the Missouri or the National School Board Leadership Council now has a webpage up and running. They are working on their social media and they're trying to get involved too. We have to fight this from multiple directions. If you can't get involved with one, get involved with the other. Go. Gave you two great resources. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. I was glad to be here. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Veritas Tactical, Tactical. a family and law enforcement-owned company where you can get custom-built ARs with purpose-built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Coating services, laser engraving and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000. 407-309-3000. And at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Tactical. Welcome back to the Map Up Show. Great to have you with us. And it's our featured author segment. Let's go over to Benjamin Sledge. Ben, how you doing? Great to see you. I'm great. Thank you so much. Well, I'm holding up this book here. I got this book in the mail. It says, Where's uh, Cowards Go to Die? I'm like, what is this? And then I couldn't put it down. <laughs> 
everyone has been telling me that and it, it makes me feel incredibly awesome that, that that's been the case yeah it's just it's fantastic we're gonna get into this but i want to i want to get everybody prepped on you benjamin sledge you're you're a decorated war veteran the book where cowards go to die came out uh, with regnery publishing on july 5th and this uh you realize this harsh reality of the nine after the 9 11 attacks destroyed your idealistic dream of army life and just transported you. I mean, the first chapter, guys, the first chapter, <laughs> Walk With Me in Hell. It's a phenomenal book. And and is this this is your first, and I don't know how you did such a good job. The third, the, the first person account of everything is just phenomenal. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And it, yeah, every this is the funny part. You'll discover this in the book that I'm actually a huge like metalhead. I've always been that kid. Uh, even growing up, even as like uh, the church kid growing up, which is in, in the book um, and, and talks further kind of about a, a, a journey throughout life and figuring out meaning and purpose and direction. But uh, every single chapter, most people don't realize this, is actually named after uh, a metal song from a band that I love. So, Which band was it? So uh, all of them vary, but Walk With Me in Hell is actually by a band called Lamb of God, and they're a metalcore band. Okay, good, good. Now free promo for them. If yeah, still playing. <laughs> no, they they are. They just played with Megadeth uh, the other day, uh, not too long ago. I just went and saw them. <laughs> oh, very cool. So that's awesome. So before we dive into the book, too, I got to ask about this. We're back to doing prisoner swaps. Um, unbelievable. We trade a Russian. We're going to trade a Russian bad guy for an American bad guy, Brittany Griner. Um, that, that didn't work out when Obama, uh, when, uh, Obama did that. It didn't work out too well at all. Those guys all went back to the battlefield. What's this Russian guy going to do? I don't know if you've seen this story, but it just came out. I, I didn't, I, I I've missed it. There's been, I've been catching up on like a lot of stuff, uh, as far as different interviews. Somebody told me about, uh, a veteran that attacked a congressman the other day. I was like, I have no idea about that either. Yeah, it's, that was Lee Zeldin. And then they yeah. let him out of prison the next day. Lee Zeldin's running for governor in New York. And uh, some guy comes up and attacks him with a knife. Zeldin takes him down. And uh, the, the security comes and helps. He gets arrested and released same day. Now, they're looking at other charges federally. But for crying out loud, that guy was back on the street for still back on the street. It's just That's ridiculous. Crazy. That's crazy. So, I yeah, I, I haven't been keeping up so much. It's just been going on. And everyone, and I've been keeping my head down and talking about the book. So, everyone, so people ask me about certain things. I'm up to date on, you know, Russia and all of that. And I worked in geopolitical intelligence after I got out of the military. So that's been the big thing for me is just I, I like foreign policy and world affairs. So I, I, I tend to focus on like the broader picture as far as what's going on. But uh, haven't really kept up with the, the American side of well, I, I just the reason I brought those stories up is because it re, it references it references your chapter, um, not just a war inside chapter twenty seven, but what you know what was it all for basically, and who will pray? That's why I reference that stuff. It's like you guys go out there and sacrifice life, limb, and blood and treasure, and you you talk about this in the book. And just the politicians here seem to forget everything you guys do. Right. Um, I was on an interview the other day and he, one of the guys asked, you know, he said, you know, I, this is probably a loaded question. He said, how do you think the government's response has been towards taking care of its veterans? And I just, I laughed 
Yeah. And I said, well, what do you want me to say? The truth. <laughs> um, and I said, that, I said, you want to know how you're treating your veterans and, and uh, the cost of your freedom. Just go down to a local VA. How, how are we doing there? Not yeah, take a it. look around. Yeah. yeah, look at the homeless in uh, California and ask how many of those are veterans. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do that. So um, from electrocuted in the shower <laughs> yeah, to um, uh, Beyonce coming for a visit and the madness behind the scenes. Yeah. Where cowards go to die, guys, is a page turner. Talk about how it all started for you, man. Um, walk me through hell. So uh, the book starts out and, and I'll start like this because people always want to ask, you know, they're like, how did you get wounded in combat? And, and that's, that's been a story I've retold, you know, a million times over because people, people are generally curious about that. And so that's how the book opens. So I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but uh, it's the day that I get injured. It's December 10th, 2003. And what had happened was at the time in 2003, we employed Afghans, local Afghans, to work on the base to do menial tasks, whether it was cooking or laundry, in hopes of like helping to stimulate their village's economy or or something of that uh, sort in nature. Uh, and this is before you know the Kellogg Brown and Root, uh, which is in Halliburton subsidiaries, where a ton of politicians on both sides made a boatload of money and would come overseas and check their assets and investments. Um, so we were, we were employing them at that time. And what happened is one of the, a group of them asked to leave early and that kind of like tipped us off that we thought it was weird. They made family um, excuses. So we're like, okay. And the next thing we know, it just a complex attack starts and we start just having 107 millimeter rockets just rain in to the base and we realize they're targeting our bunkers and they know all the strategic locations, our tactical operations center, and they're walking them in. They're using a spotter to get them closer and closer to these points where we're, uh, you know, huddled down trying uh, to, to get to safety. So my job that day was to rally with another intelligence soldier and get these Afghans that were still on base to safety. And we get them inside this corridor in our uh, dining facility, which wasn't really a dining facility, it's just kind of like this mud hut with somewhat reinforced walls. And there was like one window. And when we get them in there, my friend and I are the last two. And then my world goes black, just absolutely black. And I, I wake up and it, it, it's a lot like the movies where um, it feels like you're 10 feet underwater and there's this buzzing humming noise and everything is slow and sluggish and you're trying to get your bearings around you. And this large Afghan man, I'll never forget it with this wool turban on top. Just his eyes are terrified. He's just absolutely terrified. And he's trying to help me up and he's so scared and I wave him off and I'm pouring myself into the wall and I look down at my arms and there's just these translucent flecks at first. I'm like, this is really bizarre. And there's like little bits of blood. And I'm like, what is going on? And I start wiping at my wrists and hands. And then like more blood starts to appear. And I realized finally that I'm rubbing glass. I had had glass embedded in my forearms into my arms because the window had exploded um, from right where we were and, and fired it all into, to my arms. There's uh, superficial shrapnel in my lower back. Didn't know about any of that. I'd gone head first in this wall. That's what stopped the momentum of the blast. And my friend, I'm looking around for him, and my first thought is, my God, he's been vaporized. And 
I, I see effectively that this door into another part where we would eat is blown off the hinges. And I got, I run in there. It looks like this toddler's thrown a tantrum. There's just tables and chairs everywhere where he had been blown through this one section from the impact of the blast. And then there's like a blood trail leading to a corner where I, I see him and he's rocking back and forth, holding his arm. So I run over and we pull out, I pull out my dagger and we, uh, another guy comes in the room We cut open his sleeve, another soldier. And we realize that like he has a catastrophic wound that uh, uh, he's taken shrapnel to a major artery in his tricep. And it looks like a pop can has exploded. There's just like bits of flesh and mangled grossness and tissue. Oh. And so we're like, Oh no. And so we get him up and we, we, you know, carry him into the, the fortified corridor where there's like stoves are basically to protect us from rocket blast. Probably would have sent more like shrapnel in us that they got a direct hit, but uh, we begin patching him up and I'm like, man, we got to get the medics or he's going to die. And so I run out the back door and we had erected this like kind of concrete barrier, blast barrier kind of thing um, just to kind of partition off the base and I start pounding on that thing and I'm screaming. I'm like, we've got injured. We've got injured. We've got, and, and that's like when the fear takes me and everybody thinks they're going to be the tough guy in combat. Um, but you never know what you, how you're going to act or what you're going to do when, you know, you think you're going to die. And, and that was the moment I was like, this is it. We're done. And, um, I, I wanted to curl up in a ball and die. <laughs> and the only thing that kept me moving was the fact that my friend was injured. And so I found my feet and I ran again. Another rocket blast comes, come, comes in, knocks me to the ground. I stand up, I burst through the door and I just look at the dude and I scream at him and my buddy. And I'm like, they've blocked access to triage. Where the hell do we go? And, um, I finally, I, I look at him and, you know, me being afraid at this point, I go, I've already been blown up. It's your turn, man. Yeah. <laughs> and that dude, he, he, he has actually the big hero that day. He ran out the front door uh, where we got hit and retrieved the medics. They come back in. We try to start an IV line. They're shaky too. Like we can't, they can't even get their hands to stay steady. And this is when I begin to fade in and out of lucidity. And so the rest of what I know is recounted to me by the people who were there, but we, we somehow got him on a stretcher, ran him to the, the tarmac where he could get on a helicopter. And, and then the last thing I really remember is I, I'm standing on the tarmac, um, just covered in blood and holding his rifle kind of shaking. And, uh, and that's when my team sergeant found me. So that's, uh, that's how the, the, the book starts off. <laughs> that ladies and gentlemen is chapter one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that chapter is one. Horrific. And what an outstanding account. You go through the book with these first person conversations. What was your, how did, how are you inspired to write the book this way? Really? So I, I put this in the acknowledgements of the book. Um, I started writing and early on for this nonprofit that I worked for. And then I started writing for them on the platform medium, medium.com. And I wrote an article they're just a, a one-off thing. Cause I, I never talked about war. Um, I just, I, I, I wouldn't, I was just like everybody else, you know, my, my own wife honestly didn't know what I had been through until she read the book um, and my parents and family. So in 2016, I had this article go viral uh, because I had been researching. I'd gotten into the mental health field about, you know, post-traumatic stress, but I discovered this new term called moral injury 
that explain the uh, emotional shame and psychological damage that soldiers incur when they have to do things that violate their sense of right and wrong on the battlefield, like shooting a woman or child or watching their friend die. And so uh, I, I realized that I needed to to tell the American populace about this and the, the struggles and moral quagmires that we face on the battlefield. So I wrote this one-off article and it just got huge. I didn't expect it to do anything. And I, I've been writing on Medium for a while now. I've been in contact with some of their editors. And so after it kind of blew up, I asked my editor, I said, hey, um, what do you guys want me to write on? Like, what, what's your favorite topics that you've read of mine so far? And she said, oh, we love your your war stuff. And I was like, what? No, I'm not, I'm not writing about that stuff. I don't talk about that stuff. And she literally said, well, that's a travesty. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And uh, she said, you are the smallest minority in the United States. You realize that, right? And this is a black woman telling me this, <laughs> you know? Oh, She's yeah. like, you're the smallest minority in the entire United States. Veterans are. She said, and yet we are losing your stories to the annals of history and we don't know what's happened and how to support you because you guys won't talk about it. You come home and you shut down. And she said, we need to hear those stories. We need to hear the humanity, the complexity, the barbarity so that we can grasp that. And she said, and the travesty is, is that you won't talk about it. And, wow. uh, and that really, I was like, Oh no, knife and heart. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that opened me up. Uh, and one of my friends from Iraq had begun just like a random WordPress blog. He's in the book. His name's Kit McVeigh. Uh, and he was like, man, I need to document my experiences before I, I get old or forget or whatever it is for my kids. And so that they can at least know kind of like what happened to their dad overseas. And him just writing that stuff down um, really kind of freed me up to begin sharing my story, but more than anything, I wanted to share the story of what happens to soldiers in the longest running wars in the history of the United States and the events that happened to them afterwards and the struggles that they face to reintegrate into a society that no longer feels like home. Because right now the, the book market in the veteran world is dominated by like Navy SEALs. And that's only like 1% uh, even probably less than that of the military. So I wanted to tell the story of the average soldier who goes to war and then comes home and fate and has to face their demons. Wow. Just amazing. The book is for my children, for Kyle and for my children who one day asked daddy, what was it like to go to war where cowards go to die? Benjamin sledge. We're going to post the link to the book on the buffshow.com. I just love talking to you about this and hearing your stories, but the book is an absolute page turner. You guys got to get it. It's available now. Ben Sledge, thanks so much for coming on the show to give us an insight. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be here. Absolutely. Our honor, our pleasure. Very good. That'll do it for this evening's edition of The Buff Show. You guys stay smart.